Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode number 62. Welcome to Positive Productivity Podcast, where we empower our audience to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success, especially in the face of adversity. Listen in as our guests reveal their stories of challenges and hurdles and how they overcame defeat and became triumphant in their endeavors. Let's get motivated and move forward with your host, Kim Sutton. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton. And today I'm thrilled to have guest Connie Curtis, who is a gluten intolerance coach, speaker, expert, and educator with gluten and food allergy specialist.com with us. Welcome, Connie. Thanks, Kim. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have you here, especially, I mean, we just had a, a few minute pre chat uh, and loved every second of it. So I'm excited to share your knowledge with the listeners. So could you give the listeners a brief background or maybe not too brief on what you do now and how you got here, what your journey's been? Sure. What I do is I'm a coach and I specifically call myself a gluten intolerance coach. And I coach people that are newly diagnosed with gluten or told to go on a gluten-free diet. Because a lot of people don't realize that it's more than taking the food out of it. And when you really start digging in, you know, it's more than just like people are always amazed at, you know, they get their energy back, they lose weight, you know, their sugar cravings go down, all these amazing things, which are very, are great benefits. But there's a lot of myths out there, a lot of hidden sources of gluten and a lot of mindset work that goes into it. And most people don't realize that or even think about it. And most people, a lot of times are just like, oh, it can't be that hard. And then once they start doing it, you know, it can it can seem hard to them, which makes it harder, right? Because they already had that pre that mindset of it being hard. And then they had to give all their foods up and then all these other stories and other people come into play with that. And one of the biggest reasons I created that, Kim, was for my own experience. I found out nine years ago, just strictly by guess, by my partner that I was, you know, he thought I might have some kind of reaction to gluten because I had we ate pizza, pasta, and, and crab crates one weekend, and I came home Monday night just feeling miserable. I was foggy-headed, abdominal pain, nausea, you know, a headache, and I just laid down because that's all I really felt like doing. And the next day, he suggested I take gluten out, and I had no idea what that was even. But I figured, you know, sure, why not, right, after feeling as bad as I did the night before. And it was a hunch on his part because one of his friends had just found out like he had gluten sensitivity. So about two weeks later, I ate a cinnamon roll just to sort of test our theory out. And I was like sick in 30 minutes. So I was very clear gluten was something I should not eat. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't think I needed to go to any kind of doctor, right? I figured it was like just taking out the food. So like I would say for like about six months, you know, I was just learning all the sources of gluten and and taking it out of my diet. And that was all based on the traditional gluten-free diet because that's all we know. I mean, that's what most people know, right? Because we've been taught that the media, doctors, food companies, everywhere you look. Then when I wasn't starting to get better, I actually started going backwards. I started getting like chronic fatigue, like I went to bed tired, I got up feeling the same way. I was even more foggy headed than I was before, which I didn't really think was possible. I started getting nausea. 
I just really didn't feel like eating. I was losing weight and I was just not feeling good at all. Like it was probably worse than I was in the beginning. So I knew I had to do something different, right? Because, you know, I just felt like I, I couldn't even function. And I was very lucky to have like a guy that helped me, you know, just do the things you need to do, right? Like he cooked a lot for us and just the basic things, right? And, and he has his own business online. So it gave him a little more flexibility in doing that. But still, it was a really a lot of work for him. But I'm very grateful, you know, he is patient and like was there for me during that time period. So I started looking on the internet. First, we asked a friend for a doctor because she had just gone gluten-free. So she recommended this functional doctor where we live at in Austin. And I went to him And I didn't really know enough and I don't think I was feeling well enough to really gauge. But I went to him, he gave me some herbs and things like that. And he did things like um, by muscle testing. And if your audience doesn't know what that is, is like some practitioners, you know, have the method of like, they'll like gauge by your muscles what you react. Something, I mean, and they can Google for more details. But basically that's suggestive hit. (laughs) And You know, he helped me figure out I was allergic to a few more things like milk and corn. But I really didn't, I started feeling a little bit better, but I actually started rolling back again. So I started getting online, you know, finding all the information I could that there was around gluten. Like anything around gluten, I I found it out, you know, and I just, I was like soaking it up basically. So like I found this um, functional doctor's blog online and he suggested, you know, that if, if you weren't really feeling great, take these questions and ask for these particular tests from, from whoever you, you know, whatever doctor you're going to, right? So I went and asked my, the current functional doctor I had if, you know, about taking these tests to get more accurate because I just wasn't, I told him I wasn't feeling better. And he said, you know, we don't really need to do those tests, Connie. We'll get this figured out. And I was sort of like, um, no, wow. thank you. So I was like, I'm going to somebody else. So I was like, I'm out of here pretty much, right? So, you that know. That blows my um, mind. Like, isn't it your right as a patient to request tests? It is. But it happens quite a bit. And not, I mean, it, help, it happens with Western and functional, right? Like, so all functional doctors are not created equal, which I didn't really know that in the beginning, right? And you're, you really have to find someone that really knows their stuff around, like, what you think or in my case, I knew it was gluten, right? I didn't know what else was there was. But you really want to be, you know, and if your doctor doesn't want to give you the test you're asking for, because it is your right as a patient to ask for more tests if you want to. If they tell you no, then I highly recommend to your listeners, find someone else. <laughs> you know, find someone else. Because <laughs> that's exactly what I did. Connie, you know, my could, part- could I interrupt you for a second? Sure. Could, could you explain functional doctor? Sure, no problem. A functional doctor is different than a Western medical doctor in the sense that they've been trained to look for the root of why you're sick and not just the symptoms of it. And most of the the Western education has just taught our doctors to treat the symptom of whatever is showing up for us, right? So if you have a sore throat, they'll treat the sore throat. But a functional doctor, if you go in and you have a sore throat and you say, oh, it's probably just a cold, like, you know, most of them will, they'll do what it, however they handle it, test or, you know, they will dig to make sure it is just a cold and not 
a symptom of something else maybe going on wrong in your body. Wow. Okay. I didn't even know that there was a difference there. So would a, mm-hmm. would a functional doctor, I mean, would that replace a primary care physician? Oh, it has. Are they the same thing? They're not necessarily. I mean, their terms aren't like what you're talking primary and functional, like since they're trained differently and they have different titles, I guess you would say you can't necessarily, I mean, it's really up to a person if, you know, if they can find a functional that like covers, you know, that they can generally go to for their health. Right. Cause some functional doctors do primarily like specialize in different areas and some are more in general areas. So it's just really the functional doctor you would have to talk to and find out more about what they do and don't do. Okay. Sorry. So, really so not- sorry to take you off the gluten, no. but it, I, I know I'm not alone in wondering, but now I'm very intrigued and I'm going to have to, I, I really want to look in my area. So thank you. You're welcome. And yeah, my doctor has a great resource for like functional doctors or doctors in your area because he actually gives courses around this to help, you know, other doctors get really certified around like gluten intolerance and that sort of thing. That's fabulous. So you got the, you got the list of tests that you should go take. Um, right. and, and then what did you do? Did you, so you went and found a new doctor? I went and found a naturopath that another friend of ours, cause we just sort of saw a ripple effect. Like once I found out everyone else started finding out, right? Like there was just massive people around us, like that had gluten intolerance or food allergies. So it was really interesting. And so we asked someone else and we went to a naturopath here And she did a little bit more. She actually gave me a food allergy test. And I bring this up for your listeners um, just so they know that all food allergy tests are not created equal. And there's certain IGs that you want to be tested. And I don't want to go in that because it can get very confusing for people, but just so that they know all food allergy tests are not created equal. So I, the one I was given basically showed I was sensitive to everything And I literally went home in tears saying, you know, asking my partner, going, well, what am I supposed to eat now? Right. (laughs) So it was really stressful and frustrating. And they put me on what they call a rotation diet is. And that's something if they, you know, if your listeners want to get more details about, I would recommend Googling it. The theory behind it is you eat family of foods and that they should work through your body in a 48 time period so that if you are allergic to them, you shouldn't have like a big reaction to them and they should build up sensitivity, build up your sensitivity over time where you don't react to it, which I really haven't met anyone yet that that's, that I really know that that's worked for, but that's just my experience. So I really wasn't getting better. I mean, there was a few things like I, you know, I really wasn't getting better. So I went back I really just went back to the blog of the functional doctor I had found before because by this time through all my research to find a doctor and around gluten itself, I had just, I like had ton, I mean, hours and hours of, of, you know, on the internet itself. And I just knew, I probably know a lot more than some Western medical doctors do actually around gluten and things like that. Even some functionals, just because I sort of take, I took on learning everything I could because it was about my health. Right. And I was like, not going to be stopped. (laughs) So I finally, you know, I went back to this blog I'd found before and I called this functional doctor. He's in Sugarland and made an appointment with them. And he actually does appointments over the phone. So you don't necessarily, he treats people all over the world. 
and, and countries. So with finally, with all the knowledge and experience I had already built up to this point, because this was, this was like over, you know, about a three and a half year period that I, and I finally went to him. And then with his medical protocol, which I would say is out of the box, you know, and most people don't necessarily know to their, they've never been to, you know, what he tells them to do and how he educates people on how to eat. So it's a bit shocking at first because he basically, you know, there's scientific research showing that gluten is on all grains. So you take out all the grains and then anything else you're allergic to, which can vary from people to people, right? So he gives a very specific test. And once I went to him, you know, I started learning how, you know, he advocated for people to eat and things like that. But then I also learned little processes and just little questions that came up, you know, that, you know, you can't ask your doctor stuff 24 seven, right? So it takes them like even a great doctor, a functional doctor, it can take them a couple of days to get back to an email depending on their workload. So um, there was a lot of things I just still had to figure out for myself because it's, different than when you're a doctor and, you know, you're the one going through it. So I just learned a lot of things through my experience and journey. And, you know, I'm out now to educate people around that with my book and speaking and also coaching them. You know, one of my biggest things is I spent a lot of time and money and I'm in the minority. You know, I spent about 10 grand getting healthy because I had, you know, I didn't realize there were things like leaky gut, which affects like everything in your body because if you have a leaky gut and, and the odds are the majority of people do in in the United States at least is you know your food is not staying in your gut and going and di- getting digested in your stomach it's actually going out into your bloodstream which is not a good thing so that can cause some health issues <laughs> what would be causing that if you're leaky if you to get leaky gut right if you if you're allergic to a food so like For example, like if someone finds out they're gluten intolerant, but they may only, you know, think it's only gluten and they may, and if they only do it on the, based off the traditional gluten-free diet, right? So they keep eating gluten indirectly, like with corn and rice and all these things we've been told that are gluten-free for us to eat, but they're really not. Those will keep irritating your gut and it causes your gut to like get little holes in well, uh, the small intestine gets, you know, I don't know better. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm no, that explains little it. Little holes, you know, because of the membranes and like the food is reacting to your gut. So it just makes it starts getting compromised, basically. So the food particles start going outside of that wall, basically, that is, you know, which is your your small intestine, right? So it's there so that food can't go out into your body so that, you know, your body's supposed to go straight through that and like then go to your stomach and get digested. So if it starts getting compromised, that allows like the walls of the small intestine and, and food particles can go out of it if you keep eating things over and over. And then like if you're already allergic to something like I was probably for years because I'm also celiac, but if you're gluten sensitive for years and you don't know that, you can develop other food sensitivities, which also cause, you know, cause your wall of your small intestine to become compromised. So, which can affect other parts of your body, your organs, things like that. So, yeah. Wow. So I know you've already covered this a little bit, but for people who may be struggling and dealing with 
gluten intolerance and don't know it, what again were some of the symptoms that you were experiencing or what are the most common? The most common symptoms, these are the most common symptoms from what I can tell are because there's one of the reasons it's so hard to diagnose is because a lot of symptoms can mimic what other, when other things are out of not working right. So that makes one, one of the things so hard for it to be diagnosed. So some of the most common symptoms are like foggy headedness, bloating, constipation, diarrhea. You can have specific kind. A lot of people have a skin reaction like eczema or rosacea, just name a few, right? But a lot of times if you have a skin problem, it can be connected to gluten. And let's see what else there is. Nausea. A lot of times if someone's like super thin and they just can't gain weight, it could be because that could be another outward symptom that a lot of people don't pick up on. Like I never did um, because my body wasn't getting all the nutrients it needed it because my gut was compromised. So it couldn't absorb things. And let's see here. Just things like not having great balance and things like that that you don't ever think of. You know, we've sort of been taught in our society, you're just being klutzy, right? Or something like that. But it could be because, you know, gluten's throwing off your whole system, whole system. And that could be one of the symptoms. Depression is actually one of the really big ones, but it's not well known. So most people think when they're, you know, depressed that it could be because of circumstances, but it also could be combined with the effect of having gluten. So those are some of the most common ones I can think of right now. Wow. Well, considering we're, we're, sp- <laughs> is a uh, inability to talk one of those? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, considering we are talking to a large number of entrepreneurs in the positive productivity listener community. I mean, a lot of these symptoms are what we really could be facing in everyday life, minus the the nausea and the constipation and the diarrhea, but who knows, you know, and a lot of us could be assuming that that's because of poor diet, not necessarily gluten related, because we're eating on the fly, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And bloating is another really common one. I don't know if I said that or not. Yeah. Yeah, like I can totally relate to that. And this was before I even started my, you know, my own business. Like I worked in in corporate world for like, you know, over 10 years and, you know, I did sales, but I didn't always enjoy it. So like I was just equated to how I was feeling. Like if you get really stressed out, like it can make you feel really crappy, right? So I just assumed that like I felt so bad because of like, stress in my life. And at that particular time, like I was going through a divorce and my dad had passed away. So I just thought it was a combination of all those things because that is a very stressful on your body. Right. But I'm very clear that some of the symptoms I just sort of racked up to stress really weren't, you know, we all consider these things just normal, right. From stress or from, you know, even our owning our own business, like being busy, like especially you can relate to this, like having kids and juggling your business and, you know, juggling family and, and you know, putting the th- fun things in there too, right? So I think a lot of times people just, you know, equate when they feel bad to like stress or the food didn't land right in their stomach. I mean, how often do you hear people say that it just not, didn't digest right or you know, something like that. And it's becoming a lot more information out there, which is helpful. But on the flip side, just like with everything else, there's like so much 
misinformation as well, it's sort of like confusing for people and they don't even know where to start. So, Oh, absolutely. And then I want to ask, so I'm in Ohio. I'm married to a man who loves meat and potatoes, right? So we do a lot of, well, yeah, potatoes, rice, and that type of meal. But I know you've already said that there are myths and misconceptions about where gluten is. Mm-hmm. So can you explain that a little bit further? Because I, I mean, I've never really researched gluten intolerance for myself, but I have seen reports that you could switch to like brown rice would be better or, and you've already even discussed how corn has it. So, so it gets very, it can be very controversial in a gray area, right? Because some people are going to tell you the traditional gluten-free diet works and it's great and they don't have any other problems. And what I say to that is they may not think they have any other problems, but they are like, well, they're dealing with their thyroid not working right or, you know, their hormones are imbalanced, which does occur with age, but gluten can actually affect that as well. So it's like these little things, I think, that people just chalk up to like age. We've been told you're getting older, so just deal with it. And these are things you have to deal with, right, which aren't necessarily because of age. It's because of what we're eating. And to touch on like one of the biggest things is like um, there actually is scientific research backing up that showing that all grains have gluten in them. So contrary to what we've all been told by the powers of the food industry and our government and everyone else, and a lot of people just don't know and a lot of doctors don't know either, like all grains do have gluten. And I know there's probably going to be people screaming out there, you know, and, and I've had, I mean, I'm used to this. This is my strong you know, point of view, but it's like, if you just go the traditional gluten-free diet, like you're going to keep eating grains and you're still going to have gluten. Um, it's just that there's different types of gluten in each grain, right? Like barley, wheat, and rye have a, a specific type of gluten in them. And then corn has a, a, another type, but it's all gluten and it all causes inflammation in your gut. And I've even heard now that, yes, there is all gluten, you know, in all the grains, but it's okay to eat the ones in corn and rice and all the other grains, which is like, wow. It's like, no, I've never, I've never read that anywhere that's okay because it all causes inflammation in your gut and that causes inflammation in your body. You know, it, it could be anywhere like there's brain inflammation, muscle inflammation. I mean, inflammation crops up everywhere in your body. That's why there's so many autoimmune diseases that are cropping up now because there's inflammation in, in all of our bodies somehow, some way. And granted, some of it we can't control, but there is there is things we can control and food is one of those, right? Oh, definitely. And I know it- on on my behalf, it might be late in the interview to be asking this, but for those who don't know what gluten is, can you explain that? Gluten, I don't know if I can explain oh, I it scientifically. So gluten is a protein found in all grains, basically, and there's different type in all the grains. And another thing that I think is really disconnected since we seem to be all very disconnected from our food, right? And just the source of our food and nature in general nowadays is that like grains come from grass. So, you you know, grasses grow up to be grains is what I say, (laughs) just to sort of make it simple, right? But 
So, you know, there's not a safe grain out there that doesn't have gluten. And if you continue eating gluten, the results I've seen is people just keep getting sicker and sicker, even if they don't even realize that. And I consider myself very fortunate, but that I just took responsibility for my health and found, you know, I found out all this information. But my friends have always said, or people I know have said that I was like a special case because I'm celiac. And and granted, people that are celiac, and I'll explain this to your listeners as well, celiac is an autoimmune disease caused by being gluten sensitive. And everyone doesn't have it. It's all dependent on if you have a specific gene that got triggered in your body. And, you know, I've always said, well, that's not really true. And I've met people that ask me, you know, well, I'm just gluten sensitive, so I can eat it every once in a while. And like, or if I eat little source, if I get hit every once in a while by sources I'm not aware of, it's not a big deal. And I always tell them no, because those little sources that you keep getting hit over and over again, I mean, that's how eventually your body is going to manifest it in a big way like that it's affecting it because you're not paying attention to it. Right. And, and that, that could be different for everybody. So, but usually it, it shows up as an autoimmune disease or, you know, there's the symptoms that we talked about really that your body's saying, Hey, I need some help over here, but then we don't listen. So it just sort of morphs into something bigger. So. I mean, that would be comparable to a diabetic saying that just eating another Snickers bar wouldn't really hurt. Exactly. And I mean, diabetes is actually one of the autoimmune disease that, you know, gluten is, has, there's research showing it's like a source of causing it. Because if you do eat a lot of grains, they have a lot of sugar in them, which raises your insulin level. And if you look at how many, you know, like we've all been raised. I mean, I used to eat just like everybody else, right? Like we had all these carbs in the morning, like a bagel. And I don't even know, like never, I don't know. I didn't, you, you, most people don't have an egg with it, right? Or they eat cereal or something like that. And then you have a sandwich at lunch and then at dinner you have bread and, you know, or, or pasta or whatever it is, right? So that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of sugar if you really start looking at it besides the grains and the gluten part. I mean, that's just, that's two pieces right there. So, and that can be a lot of information to throw at people. So no, but that's a lot of awesome information. So how did your journey progress from learning about being gluten intolerant and later celiac to building your business, helping others? Well, all along my journey, I mean, I spent, I spent tons and tons of time on the internet. We figured out maybe over 10,000 hours. So, you know, just for little things I would have to figure out, right? Even though after I had found the right medical protocol, there were still things that came up like, cause it just, I mean, with food, it's like an always endless sort of quest, right? Cause things change. And if you want to stay healthy, you have to like be your own advocate for it. So I just, a lot of times I ended in the beginning, I researched a lot of products cause it wasn't clear to me if they were gluten-free or not a lot of times. And when product says gluten-free now, it's sort of like, well, it's gluten-free on the traditional standard, but usually it has corn or rice in it. And that's another thing I have, you know, that I watch out for. So I eat grain-free. And gradually, I just got known around, like, our circles and just from people that knew me, right, that I was, like, the gluten-free girl or I was, like, the gluten person, right? (laughs) So... 
people just, you know, the more prevalent, the more people started finding out that they were gluten sensitive or gluten tolerant. And just for your listeners, those are, they mean the same thing. I was like the person that they got funneled back to, to ask, and, you know, ask questions of and, and things like that. So my partner was just sort of like, well, you know, you have all these people coming to you asking you for stuff and, and information. And it was just sort of like, why don't you start a business around it? So that's why I decided to do, and, it, and it's one of the things I'm really passionate about too, and, you know, just health in general. So, uh, that's my why. <laughs> that, that's amazing. And I love that you have your why. So you just wrote and published a book called 21 Days to Gluten Free. Mm-hmm. What did the book writing process look like to you? I had no idea what I was doing at first. <laughs> I, I don't think knew. many authors do know yeah. what they're doing at first. You know, I, I, I actually like, I knew I wanted to put something down from like what I had learned. And I also wanted to steer it to like what would help other people that were newly diagnosed or just told to go on a gluten-free diet. So I talked to people and I actually asked my functional doctor as well, because he has patients coming out of his office every day, right? That they're fielding questions that they don't really have time to field, you know? So between all those, I came up with it. And I basically just, I created really a starter guide for people because a lot of times, I know when I first found out, I had no idea where to really start, right? Like I know I had all this information coming at me and I just felt so overwhelmed. So I just really wanted to condense it into something that people could follow at least as a guide and, and get them started. By all means, doesn't have everything in it because I don't know. It would have been too long for people. I mean, it would have been such a big book if I would put everything I know in it. I would have, I I had to break it down so people get little pieces of information at once was my thought. So it's really just how to get started and, you know, sort of like the step-by-step process, I would say that I've used to get myself sick, uh, myself sick, sorry, myself well, (laughs) sorry about that guys, myself well. And to sort of cover a lot of those things that you might accidentally happen to you or to help prevent things accidentally happen to you, like cross-contamination, like with family or roommates, and just really and giving suggestions like what you could restock your pantry with, you know, and then a, a, a meal plan that's really flexible, but this sort of gives you an idea of where you can start, right? And recipes, to, a few recipes to go with that, just just to get people started, you know, and then after that, it doesn't by any means necessarily replace coaching, but it is a good place for people to start, I think. Yeah, that's huge. So now that you've got your book written and you are still doing coaching, right? Yes. So what is a daily look? Yeah, let me try that again. This is a positive productivity podcast, not perfection. Um, <laughs> what is a life one more time. Take three. The blooper reel will be out soon, listeners. Um, <laughs> what does a day in the life of your business look like? There we go. Well, um, I mean, different days are, I wouldn't say every day is the same, right? Because that's one of the things about having flexibility in your own business. Like I have specific days for coaching, 
And then I set aside specific days for doing more things like, you know, for looking for podcasts or, or, you know, ways to get my visibility out there so that I can, you know, help and support more people around this area and just, you know, get more education out around gluten itself. Cause really as a community, like everyone that's involved, like in my community, the gluten-free bloggers and, and other people that coach and do something similar in this area, we're really just wanting to help people get health. And it's all based off, you know, it's from our experiences is why we're here because we don't, we want other people to struggle as much as we had to and get healthier faster. So, I mean, I coach certain days of the week and then the other days of the week, you know, I do more of like PR stuff and fun stuff. And one of the things, you know, I've really found in my business is like, you don't want to be glued to your computer or whatever it is, 24 hours a day. You also want to have a balance of life. So I'm very big on that for myself because that's how I keep myself healthy so that I can help other people get healthy and stay healthy as well. Like I have a self care routine that I do every morning and in some variation, you know, depending if I'm traveling or whatever it is and just always make sure that you're getting out there and having fun and enjoying life too as well. So those those are key implements that I implement into my own life because that is part of like growing your business is actually like enjoying life. So it's not just sitting at the computer all the time or being on the phone all the time either. You got to find your balance so that you can help other people. Oh, absolutely. And you're in Austin, right? I am. So Mm -hmm. I going to South by Southwest is something that's on my bucket list. I would love to do that someday. That's cool. But um, I can say I've never been. So well, but I, I was about to say I'm sure that could be a challenge for people with gluten intolerance because I know it's great music and great events, but there, I mean. The food and the alcohol, I mean, gluten, gluten, gluten right there. It can be very challenging. One thing that has came out of at least people and and restaurants and products are, I mean, people are aware of the traditional gluten-free diet, which is helpful in a way. Because at least you can go to a restaurant and they have a gluten-free menu, what they call a gluten-free menu, but... The thing, some of the other things that I'm going, looking at creating a course around possibly, and this is something I coach people on wells, is like how to go in and eat truly gluten-free, right? Not just the traditional gluten-free. Cause it can be scary for some people. And I know many, many people that don't eat out now because of their food allergies and just how they've been treated at restaurants and the whole atmosphere for them has not been fun. So it can be quite challenging. So just to give your listeners a few tips around that is like, I've actually gone to South by South Eco, which is a different part, um, which is more like sustainable, but it's, you know, it's the same concept as South by Southwest, just not as big, Kim. (laughs) You always take, always take your own food, like snack bars, jerky, fruit, you know, almond butter, things like this with you. And the thing in Austin, there are a couple of places that are really great about like eating grain free. So like, I am, I'm sh- I don't know if your listeners are familiar with it, what everyone calls a paleo diet. And I'm not really big I'm on sure labels. Some are, yeah. yeah. I'm not big on labels. Paleo is actually, they eat grain free. So it's basically eating truly gluten free, but a lot of people don't realize that. So we actually do have a paleo restaurant here. 
which is very helpful and, and nice. And um, you still have to watch out there because they still have a few like things like rice and stuff like that. But it's really just learning. This is one reason I started my coaching, Kim, because it's really just sort of learning your basis of like how you're eating and sort of how to and how to navigate it around it. Right. Like even at the grocery store, at restaurants, when you're at some kind of event like South by Southwest. Right. Because literally I know people that won't go do things because they don't know how to eat while they're there or when they're traveling. Right. Which I think is really just it's not right. Right. Like, no, it's no not right. And it's sad. Eat, yeah, it is sad. But no matter how you eat, like I'm just to stand, everybody has the freedom to live their life how they want to. Cause I know that like, I'm going to travel, you know, travel more, like even internationally, like, and it is hard, like sometimes to get exactly what you want. And so you may not get exactly what you want, but you are able to usually navigate enough to like get where you can eat and it is becoming easier it is shifting more because like people are putting their money where their food is right so like it is becoming easier to eat even grain free beside you know which is what truly gluten free is so it's becoming easier and if you have the mindset of like you know just eating whole real food wherever you're at I mean you can pretty much do that you can do that now. And it's a lot easier than it was like nine years ago for me. So, yeah. You know, I find that really interesting because, and it, uh, I guess it was eight years ago in a networking group, I met a woman for the very first time. It was my first exposure to celiac and mm-hmm. she had actually just opened, uh, she had another business. It was a networking group. She opened a bar with her husband and they had gluten free ales and gluten-free pizza. But based upon what you're saying, it's not truly gluten-free. Right. It's a traditional Mm gluten-free. So that's sort of, I mean, that's where we're at with gluten, right? Like a lot of people talk about like my doctor's like a huge advocate of getting out there. Like all grains have gluten and like he has, you know, there's scientific research studies in these, you know, scientific, what is it? Journals and things like that. Like they're very small studies, but they are showing that this is. But on the other flip side, I mean, we've all been told, you know, Western medicine doesn't have a lot of knowledge around this area, right? Just because they're not trained in nutrition nutrition very much in their medical school. And then you have the big food companies. I mean, and, and traditional gluten-free diet is like, oh God, I don't even know, like over a $2 billion industry now. So they're not going to... You know, I don't see them like <laughs> changing that because they're all about the dollars and not our health in, in all ways, like organic GMO. Right. So like it's it's really just getting educated. And, you know, I think it's going to shift just like everything else has. And then you have coming at it, too, is like these people that maybe, you know, a lot of people that go paleo actually do it because they are having reactions to gluten and other food allergies, right? But even they don't necessarily know all the hidden sources of gluten, which is really one of my areas. Like I know it where people don't even think about it. So I think it's really just getting the education out there. And with the paleo move, it, it's, it's helping a lot for people that, you know, need to eat completely gluten-free because it's, you know, started like some restaurants actually in some areas and they may not be perfect, but they are a lot more easier to 
go in and eat in than like your regular restaurant, right? That has just traditional gluten-free. And because of that, there is a little more variety of foods, like what you're talking about. I, I don't advocate like use them on a daily basis because I try not to because they're still processed, but they're like grain-free, healthy foods that are like, they're processed, but they're great for traveling. And like if you're at the South by Southwest, right, they, they're they like great things to have with you because the odds are it's going to be really hard to eat at like some of the places, you know, it might be hard to navigate there. But in Austin, you might have a little more flexibility too with some of the food yeah. and things like that because it's just sort of how it is in Austin. So it's not perfect, but it is a little it's shifting a little bit more than other places, but I'm, I'm creating that, you know, it's just all, all over, just all over, right? Since this is a global, it's a global way. I mean, people do struggle with this all over the world. It's not just here. So. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I'm in, I'm near Dayton, Ohio, and I know there's been times when I really want ethnic food and I know there are places, but it's not as common. And I know that the, the, gluten-free i mean i have had to look for it personally as far as i know but it's out there i apologize for the background noise i've got my my uh my older son helpers here in the office with me right now so connie where can listeners find you online and find out more about your coaching and your book and everything that you're working on because i think it's definitely something that well i'm going to be looking first off well thanks (laughs) my website is glutenandfoodallergyspecialist.com and the most common places to find me on social media are Instagram, which is gluten and food allergy specialist, and then Facebook, which is gluten and food allergy specialist. And, you know, if you leave me messages on Facebook or Instagram or comments or questions like that, that I will get back to you. And those are my two favorite sources of social media. Fabulous. So Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Great. And those links, listeners, will be in the show notes for you all to visit and click through to. And your book, can that be found on your website then or on Amazon? It's on Amazon and there is also a button and a, a tab on my website as well for the book. Great. Well, thank you so much, Connie, for being here. It's definitely been very educational for me and actually going through some things right now. I'm going to be looking into it. Uh, listeners, we had a, a quick pre-chat chat and I was talking about how when I'm eating grains or a lot of carbs, I'm actually getting hot feet. If any of you listeners out there experience hot feet after eating pasta, I'd love to know if you know a reason why. <laughs> you can visit thekimsutton.com forward slash podcast and leave your comments on this podcast with that. And also for any comments with any comments for Connie as well. But yeah, thank you, Connie. Oh, and thank you for having me on, Kim. It's been great. Yeah, definitely. And thank you, listeners, for being here. If you know somebody who could benefit from the information that Connie just shared, I ask you to please share this episode on your social media, share it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, you know, all all the standards. And we'd love your ratings and reviews on Stitcher and iTunes. And with that said, please go forth and have a positively productive day and week. Hey, this is Kim Sutton, host of the Positive Productivity Podcast. And I just want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard and you want to share with others, please feel free to do so. 
I'd also appreciate your comments, your reviews, your ratings, and you can do that on iTunes or Stitcher, or even by clicking through to my website at thekimsutton.com and just leave a comment down below the podcast. I also want to invite you to send me questions at any time that I can address on one of the future episodes. To send me a question to address on a future episode, just visit my website at thekimsutton.com and click on the contact tab at the top. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I wish you a day filled with positive productivity.